Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, welcome to episode 93 of Intuitive Bites. Today I'm chatting with Lauren Cadillac, who you may know from Instagram as Feel Good Dietitian. And we're talking all about intuitive eating 101. Like what is it? Who is it for? What are some common misconceptions around intuitive eating? As well as like some advice on where to get started. So if you're new to intuitive eating, this is the episode for you. And before we dive into it, just want to let you guys know that I currently have a free piece with food training available. I'm going to link it in the description for this episode. Uh, you can also find it in the link on my bio on Instagram, which is at the intuitive underscore RD. This is a completely free training that's going to give you so much good information on how you can get started on your journey to finding peace with food. All right, guys, on that note, let's go ahead and listen into my conversation with Lauren. All right, Lauren, we are good to go. I would love to start by just having you introduce yourself and a little bit about the work you do. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. My name is Lauren Cadillac. I go by Feel Good Dietitian on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I own and operate a virtual private practice where I help individuals from all over the world heal their relationship with food using the intuitive eating framework. Um, I'm a registered dietitian, a certified intuitive eating counselor. I'm actually a retired bodybuilder. And um, yeah, that's it's very much why I'm passionate about what I do today because of some of the stuff that I've been through um, on that journey. So it's really rewarding work and I'm excited to talk all about intuitive eating with you. Good. Yay. And I, I have to ask, I feel like I always, I don't even mean to do this and I always ask, but like, what was like the moment, like you learned about intuitive eating, like you were clearly like you were in the bodybuilding world. Like, did you learn about it at some point in there? Like, what did that look like? Yeah, I definitely didn't learn about it when I was doing bodybuilding. And I think if I had, I would have been like, this is so stupid. Like I would have totally reject. I was like, that's such a dumb idea. Um, but I actually learned about it because a, um, a woman I did my dietetic internship with her and I stayed in touch after our internship. And she was like, Hey, there's this retreat weekend thing for, it was like dietitians and therapists and other professionals. And it was up in Vermont at this place called Fox Fox run at green mountain. I think they've changed it. And it used to be this place where people could go for weeks at a time. And it was all about like health at every size and intuitive eating. And unfortunately I think the owners have changed and now it's about, it's like a weight loss place. Oh no. Yeah. I, I like looked it up recently. I was like, Oh my gosh, no. Like it was <laughs> such a refreshing place when we went and did yeah. the training, but that was basically my first introduction to it was them talking all about these concepts that you know, in my undergrad was never introduced to never even come across it in my own, like just life experience until that very day. And it was one of those things where I was actually still really struggling because I was, I, I mean, I was doing bodybuilding and I wasn't actively competing at that time, but I still had so much of that mindset and so many like rules around food. And, and so I personally really needed some help in my relationship with food. So once I learned about it, I was like, 
oh my God, this sounds amazing. Like this sound, at first I was a little hesitant. I was kind of like, how is this going to be, how's this going to work? Like that doesn't seem like it could be healthy to just tell people <laughs> to eat whatever they want. Yes. Um, but I just kind of got obsessed, like in, in like a good way, obviously. Like I just got all the books, like just yep. absorbed everything that I possibly could. I think a lot of people feel like that when they finally discover it and you see yourself and your behaviors. Um, like in the intuitive eating book, for example, obviously they give so many like real life Sarah came into the office and did this and it's like oh my gosh I do that too so you you feel like less alone in some of the stuff that you're struggling with so yeah that was really my first introduction to it was really in the grand scheme of things not too long ago yeah oh that's so cool to to hear about yeah and I resonate with so much of that with like the just the energy you have when you you learn about it you're like oh my gosh every bit of content I need to consume and like integrate this in all of the things and it is really interesting the way that it becomes this like personal healing journey what that is alongside a professional like shift right really cool yes Yes. And very, an interesting thing to kind of do. And I'm not sure about your background with some of this. And and if you, have you always been into intuitive eating or did you start in the traditional dietetic? I started, my first job as a dietitian was uh, in a bariatric surgery clinic. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You got everything there. (laughs) Yeah. So definitely like a trait, a strange transition, making that, as you said, personally, but also when you've been doing it professionally, you've been recommending one thing and then now it's like this completely opposite recommendation. You know, it's, it's a tricky thing to navigate. (laughs) It it totally is. Oh my gosh. We could say so much more about that, but what I want to chat with you more about today is I really, I wanted to do like kind of an intuitive eating one-on-one. So like, let's really just like start at the basics here. I would love to get your idea on like, how do you describe intuitive eating to somebody that's like brand new to the concept? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I always tell people it is a self-care eating framework designed to help you reconnect to the cues of your body. It is not a diet. It is not a set of rules to follow or break. It is a set of 10 principles designed again, to help you reconnect to the wisdom that lies within all of us, the wisdom that we've really been given at birth. And we're just trying to reconnect to that, something that like that voice that's been covered up by diet culture and all these rules we've kind of accumulated over the years. I love that. Yeah. And I love that idea of describing it as reconnecting because dieting is very much, and and that's actually, I was going to ask about like misconceptions around intuitive eating. And a lot of times it is, it's like, oh, it's just another diet. It's just another thing that we're going to do. But diets are this external like set of rules and things that are, it's not integrated. It's not you know, from within, whereas intuitive Mm -hmm. eating is very, very much this like return. So I love that like way of describing it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what would you say about like who intuitive eating is for? I feel like I get a question, the question a lot, like is intuitive eating for everyone? Like, are there people that it's not for? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I do think we come into this world as intuitive eaters. I think there are those strange outlier cases. Obviously you remember learning about like um, inborn errors of metabolism. If yeah. there's one of those like very random <laughs> or, or not so common things, yeah. um, I would say it's for everyone, but I wouldn't say it's for everyone right now. Like, especially if you're recovering from an eating disorder, if you have been highly, highly, highly restricted, if you have anorexia, your cues are not reliable, right? Like that can't be your entry point. So you might need some type of nutrition rehabilitation before you can start to work on intuitive eating. And while it is for everyone, it's just, 
it's more of like the, the destination, even though I always tell my clients that you're not going to arrive. Like it's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong process. Yes. But as far as, um, as far as that would go, it's like, okay, first I need to make sure that I've rehabbed my body in a certain way, nutritionally, then I can start to incorporate some of these principles. Yes. Um, I think a misconception is if someone has some type of medical condition, whether that's an allergy or something like diabetes or anything like that, that it can't be applied. And I think it's because that like last principle often is just not really talked about a whole lot with honoring your health with gentle nutrition. And, and because of the phrase anti-diet, it's it, even me, I'm like, but like, I remember hearing about that and thinking like, well, there's sometimes that diets are necessary, like a medical, medically necessary diet. And I think it's important to differentiate anti-intentional weight loss diet versus um, if, if you need to be gluten-free because you're celiac, like obviously do that thing because we don't want to harm your body. Right. (laughs) But it's like that the difference there, I feel like is like the intention of where it's coming from. Right. With, I mean, you can approach a medical necessary diet from a quote unquote diety lens or diet culture lens. And likely you're not going to be able to stick to it very much because you're going to have a lot of rebellion. And then you can approach a medically necessary diet from an intuitive eating lens. And, you know, you're going to have a much easier time integrating that, sticking to it, having it be sustainable, because you're also going to be worried about things like satisfaction and like eating enough and like whatever, all of those things. So I feel like there's, yeah, there's a lot of nuance with that. Uh, totally. But the word lens, I think is so important because it's really, you're like really taking one lens off and putting a new one on the first lens is like black and white. And then this new one is like, it's gray. It's, it's being compassionate. It's kind. It's seeing that it doesn't have to be catastrophic or absolutist. It, it can be yes. flexible and fluid and, you know, just seeing things through a different set of lenses. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's so interesting how it, and how you feel about following a medically necessary diet is going to be very different depending on what lens you're, you're kind of working from. Um, in terms of, yeah, who it's for, I I also think like there are folks who, a couple of things, there are folks out there that are like, are naturally intuitive eaters. Does that mean that they're not at all impacted by diet culture? No, they probably have Mm -hmm. diet culture beliefs and like they would you know, benefit from like learning more about that. And also it's not like destructive to their lives. Right. So like, do they need the framework of intuitive eating? Maybe not. Right. So I think like, that's an interesting thing to point out. And then there are people out there that are like, yeah, I get this is like, what, like basing all my choices on aesthetics and whatever. And like being obsessed around food is like, I don't know, maybe not the best thing for me. And also I want to do that. Right. So it's kind of like what you said, right. Not ever, not everyone is like ready for it right now, or not everyone like values the freedom of this healing journey. And I feel like that's, that's everyone's choice, right. To make that. Totally. Like it, it should be available to everyone. And obviously there's things that make it, um, easier to apply, right. Like if you have food security, that's going to make applying this framework a hell of a lot easier than if you are food scarce. Right. Um, but I agree in that, Hey, just because it can be for everyone, everyone doesn't want to make that choice. That's perfectly fine. You know, totally. And I think coming into it with that lens of realizing like, Oh, I don't have to do this. Cause I feel like sometimes we get into this mindset of like, okay, this is, you know, I have to do this intuitive eating thing. And like, it's not coming from this like empowered place. So I think if you can arrive to this work from a place of like, yeah, I could keep 
dieting if I want forever. And also I'm choosing this healing path. Like that's again, a different way of approaching it. For sure. For sure. And what you just said prior to that about the people that are already intuitive eaters, it almost sounds like you were describing like needing to dig up and uncover fat phobic beliefs that have been like internalized just by living in this culture. Even if somehow you were able to like not engage in dieting behaviors. You're like the unicorn that (laughs) dodges that bullet. Like you, even if you do eat pretty intuitively, you probably still do have some of those beliefs. Cause like we all do, we've all grown up in this culture and it's not something to be like, I'm a terrible person, but it is something to work on because it's harmful to believe some of those things. Yes. Right. And even if it isn't leading to you engaging in destructive behaviors, it probably is affecting people around you. Cause it's, you know, affecting yeah. a ton of people. <laughs> totally. Um, totally. So one thing uh, that comes up with clients a lot is kind of a question of like, okay, like I went from like dieting for years and years and years and years and always knowing if I was like, quote unquote, doing it right. Or if I was failing quote unquote. Right. So, and, and the question is really like, how do we measure success with intuitive eating? How do I know if I'm like doing it right? So I'm just curious for you to kind of unpack that a little bit and get your thoughts on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would throw out the concept of doing it right or doing it wrong, right? Like again, (laughs) black and white, right or wrong, good or bad, like they're they're dichotomous ways of thinking versus just saying like, how does this feel to me? Does this feel like it, is it feeling good? Is there something I might want to change? Um, something that I do with my clients, because I think people do like numbers and being able to quantify things. I have yes. people fill out like a mental and physical health self-assessment that they rank like their sleep, their energy, their digestion, their mood, their ability to cope with stress, their physical activity levels, and maybe like one or two other things. They do that at the beginning of the program. And then we do that at the end. And obviously there's other things in life, like a pandemic that are going to affect some of those things. But I think that's a cool way to kind of see some type of quote unquote progress. Um, I know you've done the intuitive eating certification. Did you do that with Evelyn? Yeah. Yeah. So do you, I don't, I don't know if they change up um, the worksheets that they give everyone, but when I did it, they gave almost like this Excel spreadsheet type of thing where it was like the days of the week and then the actual intuitive eating principles themselves and kind of seeing like, how well am I doing with honoring my hunger? How am I doing with making peace with food? And like kind of going by that and seeing like, Hey, is there any attention? Is there an area I could give more attention to like, Oh, I could really probably pay attention to my fullness or get more satisfaction and kind of go about it that way. Instead of saying like, Oh, I'm doing this good or I'm doing it bad. I like that. Yeah, that's great. And I do think just to like jump off from that, like, I think you'll, you know, recognize, get curious if you are playing around with some of these tools and you're feeling the need to do it perfectly or like do it every single day all the time. And like for weeks and weeks and weeks, it's like, that's probably not coming from a really supportive place. If we're like, again, doing it so like black and white and rigidly, and also these tools can be helpful and it can give you something to feel like you, you know, some structure essentially, right. Mm -hmm. Some structure to like hold on to when you're coming from the the rigid structure of diet culture and trying to go to this like very ambiguous, like intuitive eating thing. Like there are tools and things you can kind of hold on to in that process. For sure. And I think it's important to latch onto those things and like to find people for support when you're doing this. Um, I mean, that was one of the things that I think kind of drove me to, I developed bulimia during my bodybuilding years. Mm -hmm. And it was this idea that like I was so controlled, but then once I had nothing, 
I didn't know how to eat anymore. Right. And so to give yourself some sense of like some, some sounding board or some type of support system to be like, Hey, this is normal. This is expected. This is part of the process. Like everything you're doing, like yeah, is data. And just to like reassure you that you're on the path basically. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it can yeah. feel like you're doing it wrong. It's just nice to be like, Nope, this is, this is part of it. Exactly. Yeah. It really, I think clients need that reassurance. So Mm -hmm. for the person that's listening, that maybe is very new to intuitive eating, um, and they're like, okay, this is kind of resonating. It also sounds scary, but like, it sounds like I may want to try it. Um, what is your recommendation in terms of like where to start with intuitive eating? I always tell people, I'm like, read the book, right? Mm -hmm. Like read the book. If you've only been gathering your information of what intuitive eating is from social media, like that's great, first of all, but second of all, you're going to get it in a very like unorganized way, Mm -hmm. right? Like you might see stuff about like coping with your emotions with kindness. And then you see stuff about hunger and the book is organized in such a perfect way. You know, the principles build on themselves and they're organized, like hunger comes second because Mm -hmm. if you're not doing that, then it's hard to implement the rest of the principles. So I would just, I'd get the fourth edition of intuitive eating and I would read through that so that you have a clear understanding of the framework, the principles themselves, and then kind of go from there. Yeah. I think it's a totally different experience when you have it laid out that way. And, and there's so many, like you said, like so many stories that you're going to connect with and, yeah. um, yeah, it can just really resonate. So that, that sounds like a great starting point. Um, and then just finally, any words of advice, just generally for that person who's maybe in that place of like feeling really chaotic and out of control with food. And like, maybe they're feeling like, am I doing this right? Or like, is this right for me? Like, just any words of advice or wisdom for that person right now? My words of advice would be to try not to compare yourself to other people that are either on this journey or for example, are intuitive eating dietitians or just people in this space. I, I mean, I remember early on seeing other people post things and being like, wow, I wish I could just eat like that. Or I wish I could just kind of think that way, you know, and just wanting to be further along in the process than I was so give yourself grace, try not to compare yourself to someone else's journey, because we've all dieted a different amount of time. We all have different experiences. We all have different resources and, and things available to us on this journey. So try not to compare yourself to other people and just take things day by day. I tell my clients that all the time, because it's so easy to see this whole framework and see it as like this huge mountain to climb and it gets overwhelming. And it's like, how am I going to possibly how am I going to do this? Is this going to work for me? Am I going to just fail at this? Um, yeah. So just put one foot in front of the other and take things day by day. And, and yes. it will be small changes that add up to an incredibly massive shift in your life, but it will happen like little by little by little. Yes. I love that advice so much. Um, all right, Lauren, well, please share with folks where they can find you, where you're at online, what you've got going on, any offerings, share all the details. Sure. Thanks. So yes, Instagram, feel good dietitian, TikTok, feel good dietitian. Um, my website is laurencadillac.com. Um, I have a group coaching program that enrollment is opening for in January. Also very exciting. I don't know if you happen to see this, but I am doing a couple of trips, a couple of retreats next that. year. Yes. I'm so, so cool. excited. I cannot <laughs> believe it. So in 
June, we are going to Italy. We're doing an eight day trip to Italy. We're doing Rome, um, Florence and Siena. There's two spots left on that trip. So there's 18 people already signed up. And then actually, well, when we're recording this, it's tomorrow, but it will have already <laughs> launched when this goes live. Um, so tomorrow, the 17th, I'm launching a trip to Bali for August of 2022. So if anyone's wanting to like take the trip of a lifetime and not worry about food and not worry about body stuff and just go with it, a community of people that are like, like-minded, um, that's, that's going on. So that is so exciting. So cool. I'm excited to share this with people. Uh, thank you so much, Lauren, for everything you shared today. Thanks for having me. This has been great. All right, guys, that's a wrap on episode 93. Don't forget to go find Lauren at Feel Good Dietitian on Instagram. And also, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while and you're getting a lot out of it, please take a moment to leave a rating or review on iTunes. It helps the podcast get out to more people. I also just love hearing your reviews on the podcast. I check it every few weeks and it's just so nice to see every time there's a new little blurb about what you guys are getting out of it. All right. Well, that's all I have for you today and I will chat with you all soon.